Those who are able are invited to stand for the reading of the gospel. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is shut now, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you anything. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. We have sponsored children through World Vision since we got married. And when our oldest, Lou, was about five, I was telling them about these kids and about how some of them didn't have enough to eat every day. And I was trying to explain that we could help them and that we should help them because God had blessed us so much. And she interrupted me and asked, Mommy, why doesn't God bless them? That was not a question I was ready for. And I, I just had to look at her and say, I don't know. And I managed to add something about how I thought God could bless them through us if we were willing to share our money and our stuff with them. But that question, that question is one that pops up once in a while and makes me wonder. Because I'm sure many of the kids who need World Vision sponsors have mothers who pray for God to bless them. Why do some prayers get answered 
and others don't. Especially when we think of Jesus' words to the disciples. After teaching them the Lord's Prayer, he tells them, basically, a regular garden variety father wouldn't give his son a scorpion when he asks for an egg. So God, the greatest father of them all, the inventor of fatherhood, isn't going to sit up there in heaven with his universe's best dad coffee mug and not give you what you want, right? At least that's how I, with my ADHD and my tendency to hear what I want to hear, had always understood that passage. But that's not what Jesus is saying, is it? So let's go back to the text and see what it really says. Now, it might take me a few minutes to get to my point, but I promise I have one. Just bear with me. Um, The disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus responds with this very simple but very consequential prayer. First of all, he instructs them to call God Father. That already changes things. He is teaching them to see God not as the angry and, frankly, I have always thought, petty God of the Old Testament, but as a dad, someone that they can have a relationship with, and that is crucial. I was raised Catholic and even went to Catholic school where they prepared us for our first communion by making us memorize every prayer in the book. But when I was a senior in high school and my mother decided to have cancer not once but twice in one year, that's when I discovered I didn't know how to pray despite all the prayers that I could recite from memory. I didn't know how to pray because I didn't have a relationship with God. That relationship is crucial for prayer to be meaningful. Furthermore, he teaches them to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This helps shape the relationship. This is not a father that you go to when you want to get your way. This is a father who knows best. Therefore, it is best to ask for his will to be done. Then he continues with the requests, food, forgiveness, and deliverance from temptation and evil. Simple. But then, classic Jesus, he adds a couple of parables. First, he tells them a parable of an insistent friend. And I'm reading from the Amplified Bible here. Although he will not get up and supply him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his shameless persistence and insistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and keep on asking, and it shall be given you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you shall find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door shall be opened to you. This is a portion of the reading that makes me think that if we repeat our requests enough, we will get what we want, but let's keep reading. Then he compares God to human dad. What father among you, if his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone? If you then, evil as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let me read that again. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. Jesus isn't saying if you pray this prayer insistently and repeatedly enough, you will get whatever you ask for. He's saying you will receive the Holy Spirit. He isn't teaching them to request specific favors, aside from food forgiveness and deliverance from evil. He's teaching them to pray so that through that intimate, relationship-based prayer, they may continue to be guided by the Holy Spirit. But what does that mean? Well, let's look at what the Bible says about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Our friends, the Catholics, tell us that there are seven. These come from Isaiah 11:2. Wisdom, that one's pretty self-explanatory. Understanding, this one is often explained as the ability to see things from God's point of view, and I would add, to see others as God sees them. Counsel, the ability to give good, godly advice. Fortitude, this one is often described as courage. I like to think of it more as endurance. Knowledge, now this one's a little bit tricky because how is it different from understanding? I think this one has to do with knowing things in your gut, a godly intuition, if you will. Piety. To explain this one, I found a quote from Pope Francis that I like a lot. Piety is not mere outward religiosity. It is that genuine religious spirit which makes us turn to the Father as his children and to grow in love for others, seeing them as our brothers and sisters. And the last one is fear of the Lord. Fear as in awe, as in wow. So those are the main gifts. And once we receive those gifts, then if we are in communion with the Holy Spirit, we will start showing certain attributes. And those are called the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And what does the Bible say are the fruits of the Spirit? In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, we are told that they are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness or generosity, faithfulness, as in loyalty, dependability, gentleness, and self-control. Now, the Bible says a lot more about the Holy Spirit, but let's stick with these for now. Most of these gifts are the, and the fruits that they bear are things that matter because we live in communities. A few of them would be beneficial if we lived completely on our own, but most would be wasted on a life of solitude. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, endurance, piety, love, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, dependability, self-control, these all make us better members of a group. Jesus is teaching his disciples and us to pray in a way that will keep us guided by the Holy Spirit, which will in turn make us better members of the community. And this brings me back to the Lord's Prayer and something we haven't talked about, the fact that it is a collectivist prayer. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us 
from evil. Words matter. Details matter. Why did Jesus use the plural? Was it just because he was talking to a group of disciples? I don't think so. The way the prayer is worded and the resulting gifts and fruits of the Spirit all have to do with being part of a group, with being better neighbors. When we pray how Jesus taught us, we are given the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which make us more willing and able to care for each other. This, of course, doesn't explain why some people don't get their daily bread, but that, I'm afraid, is a different sermon for someone who is much smarter and better prepared than I am. But perhaps, just perhaps, it has to do with what God inspired me to tell Lou all those years ago. Sometimes prayers are answered through us. And perhaps when prayers are not being answered, it is up to us to use the gifts and fruits of the Spirit to answer them thereby bringing God's kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. Amen.